Welcome to the Georgetown Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where we share sermons from our most recent worship services. To learn more about GBC, please visit us online at georgetownbaptist.org. Our scripture this week comes from Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command those stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So a few years ago, the uh, writer and professor Matthew Lee Anderson wrote this a uh, very simple sort of post for his newsletter, um, but it's, really, it's stuck with me ever since, and uh, it started with a sort of very, very challenging but simple idea, and the very first sentence is, you should quit Netflix. And the idea isn't that you need to spend your money on Disney Plus or Hulu or go to one of the other streaming services. The idea that he is presenting is what we uh, in our culture have decided is either fine or even something, you know, skewing toward positive may not be. That even spending time watching all of this television that is prestige television, which of course is what you watch, you guys wouldn't watch the, the trashy stuff, but the... All the prestige television, even if you spend hours and hours and hours doing that, if you calculated up the amount of time that you spent doing that, what could you use that time for? Now, for some of you, you've already checked out because uh, you aren't interested in this, but for others, there is this slight sort of smugness that you have of like, sure, I can quit Netflix. I don't care about Netflix. Well, let's, let's put the thing in that you do care about. Is it uh, video games? Is it um, sports? Although after the Kentucky game yesterday, maybe quitting's fine with you on that for a little while. Uh, is, it, uh, you know, some, is it something else? Is it uh, playing on your iPad? Is it social media? Whatever the thing is that you go, please don't say, please don't say, fill in the blank. Imagine I said fill in the blank of whatever that is. Because... While, you know, I, we can argue about whether you should cancel Netflix or whatever your streaming service is, that's not really why I bring it up. I bring it up because I'm more interested in how you would go about making that decision. If, if you read his article or just heard the sermon and decided, huh, should I cancel Netflix? How would you go about 
making that decision. I'm sure I've mentioned it before. I'm really fascinated by this. In our culture that requires you to make decision after decision after decision, and we make them often so quickly we don't even realize that we're doing it, what, what shapes and forms you so that you get from, I have this decision that I have to make, over here to, I have already done it? What are those steps and pathways that you go through? For many of us, we're not even paying attention to them. And if we allow ourselves to not pay attention to them, what is going to happen are other forces are going to wind up shaping us, and we're going to wind up making decisions that on, if you just looked at that decision on its own, you might go, I, how did I even get there? You know, and we, so, so I'm really curious, what would make you decide to downgrade to a dumb phone and get rid of your smartphone, to get rid of Facebook, to get rid of Netflix, to quit watching sports for a while, whatever it is, what would make you decide to do that? So today, we're wrapping up our series, uh, The Work of the People. And what we've talked about through this series is we know that we weren't the first ones to move. God was the first one to move. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we, before we even understood we had a problem, God was making a way for us. And so God is the one who moves first, but we have the opportunity to respond. So we, the first week, we talked about this idea that we unite under Christ in a world where we are at war with anybody who believes, votes, thinks differently than we are, what if our genuine and shared love for Jesus created a community so that even though we knew we didn't agree and you were wrong about some things, but uh, even though we knew that, uh, we still chose to be together and unite because Christ is more important than all of those things. And then the next week we talked about this idea that we're called by Jesus to make disciples, but what kind of disciples are we supposed to make? Well, we're, I believe we're supposed to make disciples who then make disciples. That the kind of disciples we make, they can't help but share Jesus in what they do. Um, you, you are either uh, familiar with this in your own life or from those probably around you, but anytime that you are around any sort of kid that feels comfortable talking, they're going to share all the family secrets about whatever is happening, and you have no control over what's going to be shared. And I think about that with that idea of in places we'll never be are the disciples that we're making going to share Jesus because they just can't help but do it? Then the next week, we talked about this idea of serving joyfully, that nobody is benefits when uh, I am so angry at you that I've got to do something for you that I'm making sure you know how angry I am, and it is going on the list, and you may not see the list, but you are now on the list, and you need to know and understand there will not be a second check by your name on the list. This is it. This is the last time. That doesn't draw people closer to Jesus. We, we're supposed to serve joyfully. Out of the gratitude that God has given us, we are called to then serve. Because God has given us so much, we can't help but give to others. Then we talked about praying faithfully. <clears throat> Not just praying often, but praying in a way that we believe God will answer. We aren't simply just throwing words up at the ceiling. 
We believe that the God of the universe hears us, sees us, and, it, and we can help transform the world through the prayers that we share. Then we talked about this idea that we gather around the table, that at Christ's table we gather and we are reminded of all that God has done, that we gather with each other around the metaphorical table of worship so that we are changed and shaped, and we can't wait to tell others about it as well. And so we come to our final part of the series, and the part today we're going to talk about is the Bible. And as a good Baptist, let me tell you that I love the Bible. I love it. I uh, have loved it for most of my life growing up in church, but we need to talk about it. And so I think, and I want to argue to you, the best way for us to most, most faithfully respond to all that God has done is for us to start with Scripture. For us to start with Scripture. So let me explain what that means. Let's start with the second part first. We're going to start with Scripture. Remember the Netflix example? How do you make a decision in the world? You can choose whatever you want. You can decide to make decisions based on your own pleasure, based simply on budget. You can make decisions on whatever causes the least amount of drama in your house. You can make decisions in any number of ways. But in order to have the best, richest, deepest, most complete life, my argument would be that we want to base our lives on Scripture. We want to use the Bible to shape and transform what we do so that all that comes out, all the decisions we make, all the things that we do, begin in a place that is grounded and rooted in Scripture. Where do we see this? Well, Krista read it beautifully earlier. As Jesus is tempted in the desert, every time that Jesus is tempted, how does he respond? He responds with Scripture. He responds from the one who, ha- who is shaped and formed, and he went uh, you know, to synagogue as a little boy. Mary and Joseph would have, have had him do that. He but already knew the scriptures and was formed and shaped by them, and we have the opportunity to be formed and shaped by them as well. These scriptures that we study and we look at, I believe that they are inspired by God, that it is not simply just a really swell wisdom book and we just happen to choose this one versus something else. I believe that something powerful happens when we study scripture. I believe God meets us. I believe that there is something in these words that hit you right in whatever your situation is. I believe there is something powerful and amazing that God does in Scripture, and more importantly, I believe it most clearly reveals the heart of God. If you want to know what God's like, who do you look to? Well, Scripture says you look to Jesus. Well, if you want to know what Jesus looks like, What's the best way to do that? Well, there we go again, back to Scripture. Because Scripture gives the clearest picture and revelation of who Jesus is, which gives us the, the clearest picture and revelation of who God is. So when we start with Scripture, we are revealing the heart of God and encountering Jesus in a new and powerful way, and we are encountering wisdom that is outside of us. Because as many times as we might dispute it, 
when you have to answer the question, am I canceling Netflix? Am I going on a date with this person? Am I spending money on this thing? Am I going to take that job? A lot of times, we think we're smart enough to be able to figure it out on our own. may take us some extra time, but this brain up here, I'm going to get it done. But when we encounter Scripture openly and honestly, we find there is so much wisdom beyond what we've experienced. There is so much beyond the little bit that we know, and we can be blown away by the goodness of that, by the gift of that. So, if Scripture is amazing and incredible and wonderful, and I think it is, why did I say that we start with Scripture? Why don't we just end with Scripture? Why don't we just make Scripture it? Boom, we're done. Well, some people would tell you, yeah, that's what you should do. But here's why I say we start with Scripture. And I, I say this because people are deeply, deeply weird. And they will make some weird stuff happen that will turn stuff on its ear. Here's what I mean. Uh, I spent a year in seminary out in Texas, and there was student housing that we all lived in, and right behind the student housing was this small little neighborhood, and in this neighborhood was this teeny tiny Baptist church. I mean, not as big as this space right here, the whole building Baptist church, but they may not have had a huge size, but what they did have was a man or a woman who definitely loved their church sign. Because every week, there was some new thing on the church sign, and they were passionate about it. And my favorite one of all time was the King James Bible, colon, because, you know, grammar. The King James Bible, colon, the Bible Jesus read. And it, it took a minute, it's okay. You just let it, let it get there. And I can't help thinking of Jesus flipping through a King James Bible and Peter comes up and goes, what are you reading? Well, apparently next week is gonna be really bad for me. Uh, <laughs> but I skipped ahead and there's good news. Story ends well, so we're good with that. Um, the Bible that Jesus read. Which, sure, why not? He's Jesus, right? He can do whatever he wants. Who am I to say? But when we stop with Scripture, what often happens is somehow we miss God and just wind up only with the Bible. What's another example of this? Well, uh, Krista also shared that this morning. Because in the second temptation that Satan gives to Jesus. I don't know if you notice, but if you go back and you look in your scripture, look it up on your phone, Satan quotes scripture to Jesus. Satan quotes scripture to Jesus and says, hey, you, you use scripture on me first. Good plan. Let me share that I know some scripture as well. We can use Scripture in all kinds of ungodly ways. Uh, during uh, World War II, 
They did an analysis of all of the German churches that were, uh, were supporting the Nazi party, and by, and by large, the most used scripture in those churches during that time was from Romans 13, which says that basically the government has been put there uh, by God and, you, and your responsibility is to support the government. Over and over and over again, they heard that. If you went back in history and went to slaveholding states during the Civil War, you would have heard pastor after pastor after pastor standing up, pointing to scriptures in the Bible that seem not only to allow slavery but support it and say, all of those people from the North don't really love the Bible. Have them show me a Bible verse like the Bible verses I'm showing you. But it's not just from a long time ago. If you pay any attention at all to any sort of religious news, you will see story after story after story of churches that engage, their ministers engage in abuse of congregants. And time after time after time, there's almost a cynical playbook that these churches use. And one of the things that they do, once they are caught and, you, and people realize stuff is going on, they will start quoting scripture. They will start quoting scripture about forgiveness. They'll start quoting scripture about how nobody's perfect. And they'll start quoting scripture about how you, whoever it was that was wronged, has to be the one to be like Jesus, otherwise you're wrong. When we stop with scripture only, we can turn it and twist it and use it in all kinds of ways that goes against what God would have us to do. I grew up hearing about Scripture being the Word of God, but at times I'm almost afraid that's a little confusing because if you look in the Bible, in John chapter 1, the Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word of God, capital W, is Jesus. So the way I like to think about this is, can the word of God, the Bible, lowercase w, for it to be truly what God would have us to do, the word of God, lowercase w, has to lead to Jesus, the capital W, word of God. Because if our reading of the Bible makes us more angry makes us more vindictive, makes us more cruel, makes us feel comfortable telling people all kinds of nasty things, like somehow we're baptized in being, in being not nice people. That's what I was going to say. Sometimes we're baptized into being not nice people. Like it's okay. Because look, I've got scriptures to back me up, so I can, I can be pretty mean to you, and Jesus is cool with it. No. <laughs> no. That's not how it works. The word, Bible, has to always lead us to Jesus. So we start with Scripture because in Scripture is our formation and our foundation, but it has to lead us to Jesus, otherwise we are doing damage to each other and to ourselves. You don't throw away the word, you don't throw away scripture, but you make sure that what you are doing and how you are serving, the ways in which you are are taking this in and trying to live it out, you make sure that it is pointing you and shaping you more into the image of Jesus. Otherwise, you are aimed in the wrong direction. So how do we 
do that, right? I mean, it sounds good, sure. Yeah. But how do we do that? Well, there are three ways that I think can help us. And the first thing, so let me say, I want you to be studying scripture. I want you to be in the word. I want you to be learning about it. But this is like electricity. If you just stick a fork in a light socket, you are going to learn some harsh lessons about electricity. That doesn't mean we don't use electricity for incredible, powerful ways when it is used in the right way. So as we are studying, the first thing that I want all of us to do every single time we ever open the Bible or, or turn on our phones with the Bible app is I want us to pray that the Holy Spirit guides our study. Holy Spirit, meet me here in this moment and in this place because you know best and I don't. So this is not just me on my own trying to do this. God, I need your presence and your help to guide me. That's the first thing. The second thing is we get to do the same thing that Christians have done for over 2,000 years. See, before the printing press, you would not be reading the Bible on your own because there just weren't that many Bibles or people who could read. So this idea that you're a bad Christian if you don't do you know, a 75-minute quiet time all by yourself every single night and Jesus is somehow mad at you, like this is not a biblical idea because <laughs> no one for 1,500 years of Christianity would have even understood what you were talking about. So one of the things that we can do that can help us is we read Scripture together. We do it together. We do it in small groups. We do it in Sunday school. We do it in youth group. We do it with kids. We do it Wednesday nights in line by line. If you have not participated in line by line, uh, I'm biased um, because I'm there every week, but it is a lot of fun, and it is re I learn something new every single time, and it is such a good way to hear the wisdom that comes from other people, not just your own stuff. So we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. We read it together. And then the third thing that we do is that we hold this idea in our brain every time we read. What if I'm wrong? What if this thing that I just think is as easy as could be and how could you be such a moron to not get it? Oh, what's wrong with you? What if I'm wrong? What if we read humbly not to say that everything you believe is wrong. In fact, Jesus may, there may be an affirmation in your spirit of no, you really are right on this. This is what you need. But what if you held it loosely enough so that if God decided to change that thing that you were feeling, it wouldn't be a fight. It wouldn't be you holding on so tight that God was trying to pry your fingers off of it. What if you said, God, have the Holy Spirit come. I want to have other people help me and give me a spirit of humility to read this so that I can encounter you most fully. Because this is what God wants for us. Because there's nothing in here from the front to back, from Genesis to maps, there is nothing in here about Netflix. But there is, right? Because there is information. And for whatever we are facing and however we are struggling, there is wisdom and hope and God, God's revelation that can speak to us if we are willing to start with Scripture.
This is what I think God wants for us, to understand and have the Bible be the, form, the formation point, the launching point of all of our other thoughts and, and work and all of our time together, that we let this be the filter that helps shape what we do. We don't stop there. What we do is we allow the Word to lead us to the Word, to Jesus. And in doing that, we will be transformed we will be able to answer whatever question that you are facing. We will be able to give and to love and to serve and all of those things that we need to do as we draw closer to God, as we become shaped by his spirit and as the love that we have experienced fills us so much that we can't help but pour it out to others. What is part of the work of the people? Well, it requires us to start with scripture. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for who you are and for what you have done. We thank you for the Bible. And we thank you for how it so beautifully points to Jesus. We pray, God, that we will be hungry to learn more, to encounter you in deeper and richer ways, that we will do that through the power of the Holy Spirit, through connecting with each other, and through humility, knowing that we don't have all the answers. God, we praise you and we thank you for this time and this place where we can learn and engage with you together. We thank you, God, for worship. And we thank you most of all for Christ Jesus, the one who came and died and rose again for all of us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.